life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Afternoon on this bright, sunny summer day. I love series when I put them together, and if you've been following along the last couple weeks, I've been doing a series on winners for the nonprofit charity organizations that I chose to highlight over the last four weeks. The only downfall to that is that I can't talk through it. Like I come up with all these things, I'm listening to all these different ideas and things that they're talking about and all these questions come into minds and comments. So I have to save them up at the end when they're all when the series is completely over and then you know how that moment passes where you have that great compassion to talk and you want to just keep moving and but yet I have to store it away <laughs> until I can do a reflection of show like I'm doing today, it reminds me of like when you get a dream. You know when you get a dream in the middle of the night and you're struggling for your journal on the bedside and you want to write something or you want to put down clues as fast as you can because you're afraid that you're going to lose it in your brain and you figure that you'll juggle your mind later if you just write down a few things and your memory will come back later. Or you say to yourself when you're going through the dream, I'm going to remember this, I'm going to remember this, and then <laughs> you know, you wake up in the morning, it's like, it's not there anyway. Anyway, I want to use this time that we have together today to be more contemplative, a conversation about what I learned the last couple of weeks, to listening to the different charities that we focused on. I was struck by how personal and vulnerable the guests were for throughout the month of July and their great passion and hope for their independent nonprofit organizations. I hope that came through you as much as when I was listening to their stories. The first thing that came to my mind was these courageous people are answering the call from the universe to stand up for what they feel needs to be addressed and the changes that we need to make in our society, in our communities, to live in a better environment for ourselves and our children, and whether they could work through their own personal stories and adversities, like in the case of the Danelia Foundation and the Children's Wall of Tears, or in the case of the other two nonprofits, about giving back to others the joy and the hope that they've already found through activities, whether it was the arts at Sam Bass Theater in Texas, that made them personally thrive and the repairs of the breach, talking about the homeless. They were all four examples, stellar examples, quite frankly, of people helping other people. I think we get so caught up in our own needs and focusing on the disadvantages that we have during our day, we seem to skim over sometimes the great blessings we do have. And when you listen to other people's 
story in these cases, the four nonprofits that I talked about, kind of brings things in perspective, don't you think? We only have a finite number of hours here on the planet, and we have to help each other make a better life for ourselves. And I was struck how they understand this, and they spend a lot of their irreversible moments that you really, quite frankly, can't get back even stealing away time from their own loved ones to serve this higher purpose that they've been called to do. I really thought it spoke volumes about their character and to a certain extent living with no regrets. You know, when you find and you listen to those guests, you can tell that they didn't have any regret because they were following through on what their soul was telling them to do to make it a better place for the rest of us and a sovereign planet. How many of us can say that same thing about our own philanthropic tendencies? You know, if we judge by the five guests that we have in this series, there has to be some kind of spiritual payoff for them and power in the essence of giving. They sounded so happy and joyful and just in their zone of soulful giving and lending a hand to our fellow human beings. The reason I ultimately hosted this nonprofit series was for several reasons. I stressed the whole time that I wanted to highlight lesser known charities out there that are doing superb work, as you could tell, at a grassroots level. They're really working in their own communities person by person, child by child, step by step, to make their own communities a better place for living. But I also wanted to give us hope, and most of all, to inspire the rest of all to keep the ball rolling. I mean, it's very nice that we can have this conversation in the last couple of weeks about what they're all doing, but the next step is how do we keep this momentum going? People helping other people, and whether that's you pick up a lending hand to the organizations that I highlighted in the last couple of weeks, or even if you're inspired to find your own charity niche and get involved, it's about following that soul heart that we each one of us have inside of us, like these people did. Use their stories. Use their knowledge that they're sharing with us to become and give back a part of your daily routines to someone else. You know, it may mean that we have to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. You know, some people are afraid to venture out of their known existence. Habits are a good thing to a certain extent because you know what's coming after you. And as the older we get, the more stuff we get in our old age. And volunteering and getting involved with nonprofit organizations are a great way to start stepping out of your normal. It gives you that courage that maybe you've lost in the past that you had from other experiences that maybe caused you to shut down or a way that you didn't want to get involved anymore because what's the use? You know, we all do things, but we see the picture as a bigger picture that none of us can really do. It's a really good non-threatening way to meet and group with new people that have a common interest. Now, if you had to choose one of those four charities, which one would you stretch 
for to be a part of the most. I thought about this between the Delia Foundation, the Children's Wall of Tears, Sam Bassett Theater, and Repairs of the Breach. So I posed myself that same question. What would be the biggest challenge for me that would take some courage for me to step out of my own interstices inside myself that says, no, don't get involved? You know, I really admire those people that can work with the homeless, like repairs of the breach, and they can curb that rampant abuse and violence against children in the nonprofit, the Children's Wall of Tears. So for me, I thought those two would be the biggest challenge for me to get involved in because as I started going through that whole thought process of which one would I choose, I began to realize there's a delicate line between empathy and pity. When we give from a sense of pity, we become a passive sideliner, don't you think? A person that uses oh gosh, superiority, say that three times, over others. They become cheerleaders of sorts. They're supporting from a distance, but they refuse to mingle in the dirt because they may be hiding behind a soul fear-based something inside themselves that triggers from the nonprofit they'll get involved in. They're too fearful to get close to the outward cause that may resonate inside themselves, maybe secrets they have inside themselves or things that they don't want other people to know. They may find themselves in the same predicament as the ones they pity, the homeless, the children, people with disabilities, and it brings shame to the surface that converts to the less fortunate, and they assume that they're just down on their luck, and it's just their lot in life, and it's not theirs. Pity creates an inorganic sense of separation. It's that false wall of exclusion. You know how it goes. You're over there. I'm over here. And even though we're all living on the same planet, you're not a part of my group. It gives credence and an excuse, basically, to the idea of immobility. It's an unnatural causation for getting uninvolved. I pity you. I have feelings. But I don't want to change your way of life because that may impact my way of life. And if I get too close, I don't want your bad luck to fall on me. Now, the flip of the coin is when you give from a sense of empathy, it creates an organic response to pitch in and aid others. It gives that sense of equal value between teachers and students that I talked about last week with McKenna from the Repairs of the Breach. It sets up everybody in equal value rather than a submissive place of the haves and the have-nots. When you work with an, an empathy, it's a matter of jumping in with abandonment. You really do let go of what society says. Who cares? It's that greater sense of awareness to serve with compassion rather than pity. 
with the understanding somehow inside ourselves that servitude will heal the soul of the wounded. It's acts of kindness towards others that instill feelings of futuristic hope, not just for me, but for all the people involved. It eliminates that crazy sense of luck, because if you're really honest about it, luck has nothing to do with it. Somehow, almost by magic, it starts healing your own soulful wormhole that maybe you're aware of consciously or unconsciously. And it starts healing itself, not through words, by acts of kindness, through actions of helping another person. Here's the tricky part. you got to line up what your soul says to give back with the right cause that naturally taps into that intrinsic need we all have to give to others. What's strange about it is I didn't go looking for those four nonprofits. Somehow, some way, through veins of different communications, those four nonprofits presented themselves. I found commonality for myself in all of them. I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen, you'll find the same thing. But what I realized when I was taking a look and, and being contemplative about the series is that I didn't find the cause. The causes came to me. And I really believe what we all need to do is live with an open heart to tithe for others. And that doesn't mean money. Tithing comes in all packages of giving. And the second part is to be patient. Patient for it to come to us and avail itself when we're ready to start giving to others. Whether you choose to give to one of these outstanding charities or you choose one of your own, I want to point out something that maybe you missed along the way of this series. All of these organizations are privately funded. I was surprised by that. They take little or no assistance from any governmental source whatsoever. As McKenna from Repairs of the Breach so evidently pointed out last week, they rely strictly and completely on the grace of goodness of others. If you want to find out more about those nonprofits, go back to my blog talk radio show and listen to the podcasts that are listed during the month of July under nonprofit winners for the contest. And I am proud to announce, as of yesterday, you can also find all my broadcasts and podcasts of all the shows that I've done for Change Already with Jillian on iTunes. That's kind of fun. So if you like iTunes and you prefer to listen to the show through your i mechanisms that you own, you can get that by typing in Change Already with Jillian or Jillian Moss Backman. After the break... I want to talk about my summer vacation and the extreme measures that people will go to for fun. We'll be right back after this short break.
Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. Already with Jillian. The bottom line of that whole nonprofit series, I hope you came away with sugar love. You know, we get so uptight with sharing the love that we might get hurt or somebody might take advantage of it. Remember, love comes in all different packages, whether that's giving through money or time or time and money or just being present with people that need you. Maybe it's not nonprofit organizations that you could do that for. Maybe it's a friend. But the whole idea of the series was to highlight those that are sharing the love out there unabandonedly. And I think that we should echo and mimic what they're doing. So I was on vacation. I wasn't expecting to take a vacation, but I ended up going to California for a couple of days. It was a great uh, little getaway for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that I did was I went to the X Games. And for all of you that have children out there, you know what a challenge it is as a parent to stay connected to your children as they're growing up one way or the other. You know, it's easy when they're little to find common ground and fun conversations. You can find things that you can talk about like toys or books or TV shows. But as they mature, that bond gets harder and harder and a whole lot more challenging to keep the communication going, especially when they hit those teen years, right, and beyond. It's like they come up with their own ideas and their own identity, and it's a lot harder as a parent to keep in their lives at a level that is understanding and a common ground. So when my son was growing up, it seemed like the gap was getting bigger. But one thing I love is sports. I like all kinds of sports. And thank goodness, I'm a sports fan, and my kids like it too. And when my son was starting to grow up and that generational gap was starting to hit that weird zone where you just kind of look at each other like, what do we say now? I really worked hard on spending more time with them and finding something that we could bond with together. He was showing a really cool interest in skateboarding at that time, and this is when skateboarding was kind of that fringe pastime, and nobody really approved of it. It was that kind of activity in local communities where they're looked upon possibly as hoodlums and they're skating on street benches in parks, or they're rolling down the sidewalk, and, you know, they barely hit pedestrians walking beside them, and it was kind of this unwritten law that, you know, kids that were doing it were not necessarily the good kids, but they were confused, because no one really knew what was going on with this thing, and They considered it less of a sport back when my son was growing up into more of a community hindrance. You know, they came out with ordinances and stuff, which I think was fine. 
But one day I was I came across this televised event called the X Games, and it was like in the late 90s. Back then, it was like one day or two day event. I can't remember, and it was held once a year from for some local skateboarders to compete in like several short events, you know. And there weren't that many at this time, but you know, one that I really tagged onto was Tony Hawk. I'm sure most of you have heard of him, but what I found fascinating was that these young kids were doing all these incredible stunts on these boards. Like they were defying gravity and they were like pushing their talents to the limits. And Tony Hawk was rising to the top. And, and if you know Tony Hawk, he's an ordinary looking guy. Now he's in his 40s. But back then he was a white kid from, I don't know, somewhere. And he just had this normal kid look. And he didn't look like a hoodlum and he was clean cut. And he was just doing this normal activity that he found fun to commit and showcase the sport that he was involved in. And I found it very connecting with my son because he was doing the same thing. And it was fun to watch him personally challenge himself internally to keep growing on the skateboard. So we fast forward some years later and that measly little X Games that I watched years ago with my son has grown into this international event. And it's sponsored by ESPN, and it's hope young athletes from all over the world. And it started with skateboarding, but now it's including men and women, skateboarding, motocross, motorcycles, bicycles, mini cars. It's just this plethora of all different things. Well, I was so lucky because it just happened when I was in Chicago this last weekend was the same time as the X Games in L.A., I was able to attend. I'm telling you, I had the best time because it was interesting and fun to watch these younger athletes. And they were really seeing it now as a sport to push their limits of all what they wanted. But I'm a people watcher, and I'm sure some of you are out there too. What I found most fascinating about it was all the different people that had come together under this one sports umbrella. They were from all walks of life. There were some that you could tell were from rural areas and suburbs. They were dressed different. And then you had your inner city kids that wore different things, and you could tell. But the common denominator was these skateboards and bicycles and motorcycles and they were all coming together in one location to celebrate the unusual and the unpredictable. It was fun because this sport in particular, you never know what's going to happen from moment to moment. I think it's different than other sports nowadays where, you know, the plays are done over and over and a ball may be going this way or a person may run into this way. But this sport is about a person challenging themselves. And I got to watch these young athletes, and I thought, what do they have inside internally that keeps them to push a little further in learning new tricks or has this internal mechanism that makes them want to be better? 
And it didn't matter what direction they came from in the country or, quite frankly, the world. It was fun to celebrate the wins with these kids and also commiserate with the losers. There were crowds of people that were from the wealthy and from the less fortunate, you could tell the difference. Because there were people, old men with polos to black hoodies and kids with tattoos, but yet for this one weekend, they were all coexisting and having fun. I walked away with that with the understanding that it is possible for all of us to coexist. If we can find a common denominator that brings us all together, like the X Games and sports, and even individual relationships like my son with his skateboarding from years ago to now, and that the common ground that we can talk about and enjoy the exercise of winning and losing. At the last event I went to on Saturday night, we were watching this motocross racing. It was young girl. And this one girl from Canada was in the lead. And I'm, when I'm talking lead, she was like almost lapping some of the other people. And bless her heart, she got to the very end of the last lap, and she was going up this big ramp that they do at the very end. And she decided that she was going to fist pump because she knew she had won the gold at the X Games. And unfortunately, she celebrated a little too quickly. She hit the ground at the bottom of the hill and wiped out immediately. And it was so sad to see her fail at what she had already almost won. She got up back on her bike and she ended up getting the silver medal instead of the gold. And she lost her composure, as you can imagine, in front of the crowd and everybody was gasping in disbelief. It's like you wanted one of those moments where you want to replay, but you know it's too late. And they showed her on the Jumbotron and on television and she was just, you know, bawling profusely and very sad. And she had makeup all over her face. But after a few minutes, I was just enamored and amazed by what this young woman did. She came out to the crowd and she apologized and said that she realized what she had done and that she just got caught up in the moment, but that she was thankful that she was even there and that she was more thankful that she achieved the silver medal. What a good role model for younger kids to see, even though she made a mistake, she was able to rally back, gain her composure, and be happy for what she had done. I loved it. I'm going to go back in Austin next year. Join me, and if you haven't seen any of these kids, you've got to look on TV. They're quite a group of inspirations from all walk of life, and they have many things to teach us older people about Co coexisting with each other and finding common ground that we can grow and learn from each other. Next week, I'm going to continue in our August and talk about summer and things that are going on right before the school year. But remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you next week, Blog Talk Radio, same time, same place, High Noon, Block Talk Radio. 
Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. <laughs>